Today on the Confident Man Podcast, we're excited to have Kyle Carnahan on the show. Kyle is the founder of Superhuman Fathers, which is a community and a program for men who desire to transform their bodies and their lives in every area. His passion is to see men grab a hold of their warrior-like mentality and not be afraid to be men. Kyle is a father of five. He's been married over 20 years. He's been a firefighter and paramedic, and he's been through the waves of stress and struggle and disappointment and all his relationships with his kids, with his wife, with his family, while trying to maintain a mental, spiritual, and physical health. And at one point, Kyle began to make some really key decisions in his life. He talked to himself about what his actions were, and he started to change those, and he started to see some incredible change happen in his life. Now his passion is helping men do the same thing. So on today's show, we talked to Kyle about his transformation, kind of how it started and what he did to make it happen. Then we learn about how he applied those changes to every other area of his life, which is very important. And then Kyle goes into a lot of detail about how that transformation helped him transform not only his body, but just his attitude, his marriage, the relationship he had with his kids, and all of those areas. And he really talks to us today about living with no regrets. So enjoy part one of our conversation with Kyle Carnahan. Welcome to the Confident Man Podcast, empowering men with the confidence they need to live their adventure. Now, here is your host, David Maxwell. All right, Kyle, thanks for joining us on the Confident Man Podcast. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having it. Thanks for yeah. stepping up and uh, being being the voice out there for us. Yeah, well, we just we want to see guys do better. I think our our society for the last 50, 60 years has attacked men uh, to the point we're seeing the the negative side of that with a lot of young men today. And uh, too many guys are growing up with no dad, no example. They don't know who they are. So we want to we want to help them be better men. And uh, I'm fascinated by your origin story, kind of how you started your journey. And uh, you talk about how a few years back, you just kind of kicked yourself in the butt and were like, okay, I need to start doing this. So give me a little bit of a, what were you like the before? What was the before Kyle um, like in your life? Uh, I was a bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like most men these days, like you're talking about, I, yeah. I hadn't been given the permission to be my psychotic, authentic self. Yeah. And that's men are trapped in these boxes. They they think they have to act a certain way and be a certain way in order to be accepted mm -hmm. and completely docile and domesticated. Yeah. And when people hear that, they're like, well, well yeah, but you, you but you, you have to uh you, you have to act a certain way in the society. And uh and and men, you know, they've been they've been dangerous and and mean and uh, and bad, no, we're it's completely mistaken, taken out yeah. of context. Like the problem is, we've been neutered so that yeah. we think that we have to be like happy, perfect, go to church guy who puts on a fake face and a fake smile all the time. Um, but the truth is, like you have to be a savage, like yeah. at war every day with your own weakness yourself and the vision for who you know you need to be in this life. You all have a mission and a purpose, and you know what it is. And and if you say you don't, 
It's because you're blocking it out because it doesn't fit other people's view for you. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and, and I know that's what you're doing here with your podcast. You're, you're, you're trying to free men from their preconceived lies that they think they have to live. Yeah. You know? So for me, I was trying to fit in a box. I was raised in a really religious environment. Um, and uh, that was a certain culture that you had to fit into. You had to show up a certain way and speak a certain way. Um, and it wasn't necessarily me. Some of it was. Yeah. Some of it I loved. But it wasn't all me. And so there yeah. was a fake part of me. Mm-hmm. The fake part of me that was a lie. Yeah. And over time, that fake part of me got so ingrained in me that I started to become that. Then I started to blind myself from my own shortcomings and insecurities. I didn't even see them. So now I am here walking around insecure, defensive, thinking that the world owes me something. And I'm just blind to the fact that I'm nowhere near the man that I need to be for my wife, my kids. And, uh, and I think it's about me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a that's a great question. I, I know one of the things you talked about is you kept you kept using some of the common excuses that I think so many men just use and they think they can use because it's kind of what's been taught to them. Things like, hey, I'm stressed. You know, uh, I need a break. Uh, I'm stressed out because work. I just need some downtime. And I think a lot of guys have have used that to just kind of justify whatever being lazy, sitting back. How did you begin to recognize that in yourself, that you were using those very same excuses? I didn't realize those were the things that were actually holding me back from being the man I wanted to be. So because yeah. we make these excuses and negotiate ourselves out of our own winning and, and out of our own amazing life, which is crazy. Like yeah. we convince ourselves to live a shittier existence. Mm-hmm. And once I had that epiphany, I was like, OK, wait a minute, where else am I showing up like this? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Like if I get home from work and I'm tired, so I don't get present and energetic and connect with my kids, that's one more day that is gone. Yeah. I will not have that experience building that relationship and utilizing my presence as a place of powerful leadership in their lives. Like anything going to the gym, eating right, building a business. It's incremental over time. So a lot of men come to me and they're like, a guy the other day, you know, I've been married for 25 years. So you know what that's like. And I go, I don't know. I've been married for 20 and it's fucking amazing. So I don't quite understand what you mean. You've been married for 25 and uh, I know what that's like. So you must have an incredible marriage, huh? And he's like, no, like we don't connect at all. It's, really hard and i was like yeah sounds like you've made a lot of decisions leading up to this point that has caused it to get here over the course of decades you know somebody doesn't find themselves at like 50 years old broke and look back at their life and showed up every day building value for other people right yeah they were just going through the motions you know i i found myself there Late 30s, I was a fireman. I was giving value to the world. I mean, I'd put some work in, but not to the level at which I wanted. Mm-hmm. Why, why 
Why shouldn't I enjoy the life of anyone else on this planet? Why shouldn't I have a bank account with $10 million in it? Mm-hmm. It's all because I decided I didn't want to do what it took to get there. That's it. Yeah. And so a change has to be made if you want to make a change. If you want something different, you got to change something about your life. And it's yeah. going, to, going to be a sacrifice. And if you, you can learn to actually love and appreciate that sacrifice, that's when things get very interesting. What was the thing for you, the, uh, I don't know, I guess the epiphany moment, was there a moment or was it just kind of a, you started changing in this area and it kind of carried through the other areas? What was it for you that kind of gave you that wake up? It's a volume, but for me, uh, it started with fitness. Like I started to see like, because I used to look at guys and be like, Oh, that guy's got freaking bicep veins and big ass traps or whatever. I'm like, I'm just not uh, genetically. That's just not me, you know, but was I eating right? No, I was still running a train on like two dozen chocolate chip cookies when my wife made them and I would work out, you know, four times, five times a week, but sometimes it wasn't as hard as I could. And it definitely wasn't calculated and structured. Yeah. And then I would take weeks off at a time not really paying attention. And then I'd be like, man, that must be nice being lucky like that genetic freak. Um, And then when I actually hunkered down for a year, counted everything that I ate, which really wasn't that hard, and then structured my uh, training so that I was really focused on the on progressive overload and making sure I knew what I did last time and I was beating it this time. We were constantly making progress. Weird. I started putting on slabs of muscle. I started popping my abs start popping out, started getting veins everywhere. And I was like, oh, I'm the genetic freak <laughs> what I was talking about because yeah. I'm putting work in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. I hear it all the time. Like, Kyle, you know, I eat healthy. I don't know what's wrong. And I'm like, eat healthy all you want, man. You can't just eat. But you're mindlessly eating healthy. And then I know when people say I eat healthy, I don't know what's wrong. The weekends are a different game. I know you're running a train on pizza when you go out with your kids on the weekend. You're eating yeah. like five, six, seven pieces of pizza, 12 beers. And you're like, I eat healthy. Like, do you know the sacrifice that you're going to have to make to be an elite man? It's a yeah. hundred times harder than you think. And when I say that, a lot of guys go, oh, I guess it's not worth it. That's where your mindset's fucked up. You need yeah. to change that to like, well, I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. I'll do whatever it takes. You know, it is worth it. You just don't know because you've never done it. When you actually do it, you'll realize how worth it it actually is. Yeah, and I think also men, as they take that step and they realize, oh, I can do this. And then they start realizing I can bring that into every area of my life, not just health. Yeah, that's it. It's kind of like I explained to guys, you know, when you, you know, each of our lives has four areas, you know, the, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the physical. When one of those is off, it's like your four tires on your car. It's going to throw everything off. But when you bring one into balance, you can start bringing the others into balance, and then you bring everything together. That's it, man. That's that's what superhuman fathers has become completely. Yeah. We start attaching these different pillars and utilizing the same mindset in all of them, and then creating our own non-negotiables in each subset of pillars 
And then once you have the discipline to follow through, yeah, it's, you're, you're just, you turn into a different human. Well, and tell me about, because I know one of the things you did that I thought was fascinating, you started just kind of airing everything onto your Instagram account. You know, basically, I suck at this. I suck. And and, and how did that blossom into you really forming that, that crowd of people who wanted to do the same thing? Dude, exposure. I, was, I exposed myself to the world. All my bullshit. Like everything. There's nothing sacred here. I share everything about my life. Yeah. You know? And um, all my struggles, all my shortcomings, all my wins. And as I did that, I was able to see myself and work on things and get better and better and better. And now most of the time it's, it's wins, you know, still struggles. Yeah. yeah. A lot of struggles, but more wins than losses. And um, I think what happened was, is people started to really connect with my story and, and what I was struggling with and their desires, you know. Not everybody desires to be just this unstoppable elite beast on all levels. Yeah. Like I want to push everything mm-hmm. to the nth. Like I want to, I want, I want my relationship with my wife to be something that's like so godlike that like no other human on this planet has ever experienced it. That's what I want. That's gonna yeah. take some it's gonna take some work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not there. I got a lot of work to do still but we're heading that direction you know i i, I want to be the man that my kids genuinely out of everyone human on this planet they're like my dad is my hero like i want to yeah. be like my dad like, like hey who's your mentor my dad's my mentor like mm-hmm. that's what i that is my focus that is what i'm what i'm working towards yeah. i want them to be enamored by me like i want them to like look at me like the absolute example of what a man should be mm-hmm. you know you're like well that's that's cocky that's selfish i'm like Keep being that shitty dad and tell me yeah. trying to be best for my kids is selfish. Yeah. It's like, God, people are so crazy, dude. They get so mad. I got a comment the other day. What do muscles have to do with being a good dad? And I'm just like, everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. They have everything to do with it because I'm going to be the best for them in all ways. Yeah. Not physical, but I'm not picking and choosing the way I'm going to show up the best for them. It's going to yeah. be in all ways. And so if I'm like, well, I don't really like to work out. Well, you're selfish because your kids don't want some fat, skinny, fat dad. They don't want to be like that. Well, and and I think the intentionality you bring to that area will mirror the intentionality you have for your relationships. It, man, that's it, because you're all in on all of it. Yeah. How do I level myself up in all ways? To plug all the holes so that when my kids need some advice in anything, yeah, they, they come to me because yeah. I'm doing it all and I'm focused on it all. And I'm focused on educating myself and gaining wisdom and as much as I possibly can so that I can be valuable to my kids. Now, when you when you first started making the changes, how, how did it affect your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your kids? Bring... Bring me some of that story of you taking charge of your life and then realizing, okay, I want to be more intentional with how I am with my wife and my children. Well, like if you're married, you know this, and maybe you don't because I was bad, but my wife used to cry, cry in the bathroom with the door locked. Like, Mm. and I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I blamed her. Crazy bitch. Yeah. Crying in the bathroom again, man, I got a crazy one. Bro, I was such a dick. I would leave messes everywhere that I went. 
I was like another kid. And then I wouldn't listen to her, you know. I'd like waste time watching Netflix when the freaking dishes were full and yeah. I would work, I would do my job, come home, and then I was just done because I did my work, you know? Yeah. And I'd waste time. And so now she's like, are we stuck here forever? Are we stuck in this life? I'm stuck yeah. with this asshole. Yeah. So yeah, she's crying herself in the bathroom because she sees no hope for a better future. Yeah. Wow. The responsibility as a leader and a father is to create hope for a better future. All, that's all your wife wants. She wants to be heard, seen, and loved, and see hope for a better future. Provide hope for your wife. She's going to stick with you. Be excited. Be happy. Does it mean you're not going to have struggles? No, you're going to fight. The best marriage is fight. My yeah. wife and I fight all the time. We fight. Yeah. And we make up very, very passionately. It's amazing. <laughs> well, you're you individuals. Know? You're each growing. You're each learning. And the great part about marriage, I was married 28 years before my wife passed away. And and you just, you you grow and develop together. And there's a joy in that, that I think both of you can see in each other and, and enjoy the whole time. Yeah. And getting to the point where you can argue without being angry at each other is so yeah. fun. Yeah. That, that took us a long time to get to that spot where we can like disagree and almost even make fun of each other in this banter. And we're yeah. like, neither of us are mad. And then we're like super sensitive when someone actually is getting pissed because, because we can sense there's a difference there. Yeah. And I'm getting better at like sensing it and then finding like, what, what did I do here to mess this up? And yeah. then once I feel it, like there's that moment where you can dig your heels in and keep fighting and defend yourself or you're yeah. like, that one was my bad. Yeah. You know? That's good. Well, like, and I like I like the way you brought it up. You you take what you did physically. You started, okay, how am I working out? What am I doing with this? What am I doing with that? And it's like you brought that into your relationship with your wife. Yeah. Hey, where am I not showing up as a husband? Why am I blaming her for everything? And Dude. and so it's interesting how that happened in that. Um that uh you, when you say your wife passed away after 28 yeah. years that that, yeah. that yeah. gets me wow it, it it was uh it was a battle it was a two and a half year battle with brain cancer yep and uh you know it, it's one of those you never think it's going to happen and then when it does you know you fight it with everything you have um yeah. You know, and, and we had we had good support system. Our, our faith community was great, um, but it was still, you know, it was a toughie. But you know what? Honestly, Kyle, one of the things, because I first year series of my marriage, you know, I, I was a douche and just was terrible. Um, and then I finally at 30, my first son was born and I said, I got to do something with my life. And that's my story. My parents mm -hmm. divorced when I was little, grew up with no dad. So I had no example. My dad lived two states away. There was no smartphones then. There was nothing. And, and so basically he wasn't around much, saw him twice a year. So I had to learn what it is to be a man, what it is to be a dad. And that yeah. journey brought a lot of changes, a lot of pain, but also a lot of great things to where when we were in the hospice and she was laying there and we were basically saying goodbye, I, I promise you, Kyle, the work the struggle that you put in as a man to build a family, there's no regret.
to where if I had sloughed off and just kind of done enough, I would have felt it at that moment. So it's it's one of those things that you you the work is worth it. It's just worth it. The the showing up, you come home tired, your kids want to play, you show up and play. You show up and spend time with them. You get up on a like my kids Saturday morning, we would get up, I'd make them breakfast, we'd spend time together. We watch cartoons together. We would go out together. We do stuff together. And I don't regret any of that now. Yeah, I, I think probably one of your greatest gifts in your message right now is that reminder. It's like, look, man, it's coming to an end. Yeah. And in that moment, what's that, what's that feeling going to be in the back of your mind about how you showed up Yeah, for the most important people in your life? Well, and, and one of the things we we were very passionate about our family being tight to the point some people didn't understand us, you know, and we just we kind of we took those shots, but we didn't care. Well, when we lost her, we understood why, because that was time we had together that we weren't going to have one day. And yeah. so the, the vacate we were very big on spending time together, vacation, stuff like that. And you know, we didn't know why we were doing all that, but, you know, it just worked out. God just worked it out. So we would be together. So when we lost her, we were still a tight unit. You know, my kids didn't go nuts. We all struggled. Yeah. We all went through the grief process. It's been a little over four years now, but my kids are doing good. My son is married. My daughter's teaching English in Korea. You know, they're solid. And we all went through that, but we went through it together. You can be surrounded by people and be completely alone. Yeah, yeah. And if you notice, there's a certain level of trust that has to develop through going through hard times together, like going on vacation together, being with each other consistently and constantly. And um, in order to break this crust of mistrust almost, to yeah. where you come together to where you're not alone anymore. And mm -hmm takes time and effort to be in a position where you don't feel alone. Yeah. Uh, but if, if, if we're always on our phones and we're not present, we're not giving of ourself and our attention to each other. When shit happens, that's hard. Even though you're together, you're going to be alone. And so, yeah. And, and I think a lot of people feel that way. They're not sure. Um, and, and really it's like what, what happened with you is you began to recognize in your life, what matters most? Yeah. What are the things that matter most to me? Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this conversation we had with Kyle. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. I loved Kyle's passion, his infectious desire to see men be all that they were designed to be. Now, Kyle has a couple places you can check him out. He's on YouTube under Superhuman Fathers. If you just put at Superhuman Fathers or just search Kyle Carnahan, you can find him. He also has a website, superhumanfathers.com. Check it out and you can find out more about his program and what all's involved. I really think you're gonna enjoy next week's conversation as Kyle goes a little bit more into detail of how to take these principles and bring them about in your life. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Confident Man Podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. You can connect with David on Facebook and Instagram at David the Maxwell. 
Find resources to help you as a man at theconfidentman.me. That's theconfidentman.me.